All right. Really, <laughs> you had one guy. Yeah, the guy in Kurt, uh, in, in Chicago. Uh, and then they came back. And they were still in the high school. That's it. They came back. They started learning with Rabbi Kraus. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. Spread out. All right. Brainwash. Huh? All right. Here we go. Today's daf is daf samach zayin, page sixty-seven. We're going to pick up at the bottom of samach vav the bottom of sixty-six b. We learned the mishnah yesterday. We're going to repeat, Re- not repeat. Repeat's not a good word. We're going to learn the mishnah again. It's never repetition. We're always going to see something new. All right. Samach vav Here we go. Um, last medium wide line. On the daf says the Mishnah, Kol Mokoim Sheyesh Kedushin. Anytime you have a situation where there is a valid marriage, hopefully in all of our situations, there's no transgression. Havlad The child is going to follow the lineage of the Papa. The Ezuzu. What's an example of this? Zuka Yeah. This is a, a standard case. You have a Kayin of Yisraelis marrying a Kayin of Levi Yisrael. So you're going to follow the father. Or again, you're allowed to intermarry Kahanim Leviim and Yisraelim. So there's no issue. What about any situation where it's, for, it's a transgression to get married? It's valid, but it's transgression. Then the child is going to take the, the issue, is going to take the status of the problematic side of the relationship, meaning ve'izuzu, for example, If you have a widow married a kain gadol, or a grusha v'chalutza l'kain hediyet, or a grusha v'chalutza marries a kain hediyet, what's going to happen there? The child is not going to be a kohen. The child's going to take on the status of a regular yisrael, or mamzeres in the sin of yisrael. If a mamzeres in the sira marries yisrael, what's going to what's the kid going to be? A mamzer or a nasan. Bas Yisrael le'mamzer v'le'nosin v'kol mishe afine or a bas Yisrael for nosin le'mamzer b'seder. So in all these cases, it is um, you're going to take on the the uh, pogum. All right. Now we know what a mamzer is. Yesterday I didn't explain what a nosin is. Yeah, a, a mamzer is not allowed to marry a regular member of Klal Yisrael. Um, a nosin also is not allowed to marry a regular member of Klal Yisrael. Why? So the Nasinim were a group of people that came and converted in the times of Yehoshua. Um, they converted, they were from the Gevainim, they converted out of fear as opposed to love, and, and uh, it was a big Shiloh how to handle them, because they never really integrated as full-fledged members of Klal Yisrael. They, were never, really, they never really converted properly, because they weren't Makabal, Ultera Mitzvahs, and, and they never really accepted HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They just did this out of, out of uh, fear. So Yeshua made a decree that they're going to have, they're going to be like quasi-Jewish. They'll be Jewish, but they can't marry into the regular pool of Jewish Shaduchim, okay? <clears throat> now, if a, a regular Jew does marry a Nassim, the child will become a Nassim, okay? In any case where there's not going to be Kedushin, anytime where the husband and wife or mother and father will call them, do not have a valid marriage, for example, brother and sister, but she would have a valid marriage to other Yidim. Yes, this girl who she she's having relations with her brother, she's muttered every other Jew. So in such a case, Havlad Mamzer, the kid is going to be a Mamzer. For example, what? When you have a couple that is one of the forbidden relations in the Torah, 
So the child is is going to be a mamzer. Now, any situation where you're not even in the ballpark of Jewish marriage. Jewish marriage, you, you can never get married Jewishly. For example, before an example, what's the halacha? The child's going to be like the mother. What's an example of this? You have a shivcha kananis or a non-Jewish woman. In all these scenarios, since there's no such thing as a marriage to a non-Jewish woman, there's no such thing as a marriage to a shifcha kananis, the kid is going to be either a shifcha or a regular non-Jew. So if you have a Jewish man that has a child with a non-Jewish woman, that kid will be non-Jewish. Not a mamzer, the kid's just not Jewish. Takes on the status of the mother. Says the Gemara, here we go. It's a strange thing though. We say... If the father is Jewish, usually in Judaism we follow the tribal lineage of how the father. Right. Yale's pointing out an interesting thing that within Klal Yisrael we follow the father. Once you get outside of Klal Yisrael, you follow the mother. Okay. There's a lot of deep Torah, a lot of things to say about that, and a lot of it has to do with the. the I just want to share one particular approach to this: is the word teshuva. The word teshuva means to return. Let's say you have somebody who's born completely unobservant, unaffiliated, that knows nothing else. Knows nothing. They don't even know they're Jewish. They're now 30 years old. They find out their mother's mother was Jewish. They are called a Baal Teshuvah. Teshuvah means to return. To return somewhere, you have to have come from there. The question is, this person never came from a place. Of Rabbi Shalom. Why is it called Teshuvah? Okay? So, just to get our minds working over here. This is not a complete approach. The Gemara tells us, every single Jewish mother, when she's pregnant, the child learns, called Tarakula. The entire Torah is learned by the child inside the mother. When we talk about Teshuva, we're going back to our, the, our truest DNA. Which is, whether or not your mother was observant, not observant, the Gemara doesn't say, it doesn't make a difference whether or not your mother... Uh, light Shabbos candles, whether she's Shemr Shabbos, whether she's Shemr Kashrus, Tarsimish Bacha. Every Jewish baby learns Torah inside the mother's stomach. That's what the Gemara says. Yeah? So when we talk about Shuva, every single Yid is going back to something that we've always, that we've always had. If somebody's mother's not Jewish, they never had that. They never had that. For the, for the, the, the they missed out on that specific part. So Judaism can't follow the father over there because you're missing on also on an integral part. But that's, that's a little bit of a svara. It's not the, the complete uh, background picture. Just an, an idea to be shared. Okay, here we go. Says the Gemara, Rav Shimon says to Rav Klalahu, there's a rule. To call Mokam in any place, very bottom line, of Samachlovam base. To call Mokam Sheish Kedushim in Avera, every time there's a valid marriage, but it's not a sin, Havlad Hoylechachar Azachar, the child's going to follow the male. He says, Is that true? That's a quote from the Mishnah, right? Haray, but, Hapa today's Dav, Ger, Shenosim Amzeres, let's have somebody who converts to Judaism that marries a Mamzeres. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with that. It's permitted. Somebody who converts to Klaisol, a Mamzer Mamzeres, cannot marry. Somebody who was born Jewish. They can marry another Mamzer Mamzeres. They can marry a convert. 
that's, uh, that there's no issue over there. So the Yesh Kedush of Einavira, there there's a marriage, there's no transgression. Are you going to tell me the kids of Mamzeres? Titania, but we learned their Raisa. I don't understand. One second. If you have a convert that marries a mamzeres, guess what? The kid is a mamzer. Why? It was a completely kosher marriage. Why, why don't we say the child follows the father? Right? A, a regular, wonderful guy, there's no issue with yichus, becomes Jewish. Marries a wonderful girl who happens to be a mamzeris. It's a kosher marriage, but the kid's going to have a status of a mamzer. Ask the Gemara why. You just said, in order to be a mamzer, it has to be that the marriage has an issue. This marriage has no issue, and we know you're still a mamzer. Why? Amar Leis says to him, Misat Masis Rebbeisi, do you think our Mishnah is following the opinion of Rebbeisi? Masis Rebbeihudi, the Amar Gerla Yismamzer. Rebbeihud is actually of the opinion that a person who converts to Judaism cannot marry a mamzeris, and therefore. It makes sense that the kid is going to be a mamzer, a mamzer, or a mamzer. The child of that union, since it was a forbidden union, keeps the status of mamzer. Says the Gemara Benasiye. Why don't we give over that case? Yeah, it's an interesting case. Why don't we give it over? Let, let's mention this case. Where, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you have a convert who marries a mamzeres. It's not allowed to be, so you're a mamzer. Says Tanakom, welcome to Seifa. It is mentioned because it says, Komakam says in any situation, any situation is coming to include a case such as this. If you want, you can answer the Ilum Really, our mission is following the opinion of Rabbi Now, let's pause for a minute. If we're following the opinion of Rabbi we have a problem. Why? Because according to Rabbi a convert may marry a Mamzeris. Question is, if they're allowed to get married, why is the kid a mamzer? According to the rule of our Mishnah, the kid should not be a mamzer. Anytime you have a valid marriage, kosher, v'yosher, and nothing to talk about, there's no, there's no mamzeres. So why would the kid be a mamzer according to Rabbi Yaisi? V'tona ezuzu lemute. The Torah says, and what is this case? It's coming to exclude this specific case. Meaning, in general, when you have a kosher marriage, the child will follow the father. But here we have an exception. It's an exception to the rule. The Ezu Zu Vesulo says the Gemara. So Negan Tamit's coming to exclude this case. So it's this case and no other case. Let's say you have a Chol. What's a, what's a Chol? So a Kohen marries a divorcee. They have a son. That son is going to be called Cholol. Cholol means Profane, like from Chal, not profane. It's, it's a Chal. It doesn't have holiness. It doesn't have the holiness of a Kohen. So you have a Kohen who marries a divorcee. The child is Chal, is a Cholol. Doesn't have. That Cholol marries a regular Jewess. Okay? Is there anything wrong with that? No. No. That's a totally kosher marriage. Any person should go and be an aide at that marriage, there's no issue. Again, a Kohen marriage divorcee, the only thing that happens is that this kid is not a Kohen. The kid's totally Jewish, the kid can marry into the regular pool of Shaduchim. There's no problem. We should say the Vlad, the child, follows the male. So that's another case. Why doesn't the Tana mention this case? 
who says that actually um, the uh, if if a chol has a child, that child is not going to be uh, that child does not have the status of a chol, and therefore Artana uh, leaves it out because over here again the children are not going to follow the zacher. It's not going to follow the male who's a chol. It doesn't work with the rule of the Mishnah. Hence, we don't need to exclude it. We're going back to our original answer. What are we going to exclude? But we're going back to our original answer, which is what do we come, when, when it says that what's a case where you always follow the father when it's kosher? What's the one exception? A, the one exception is going to be a convert marrying a mamzeris. Over there, the kid will be a mamzer, even though it was a totally kosher marriage. There you're going to have the one exception where it's not going to follow the father and it will follow the mother. Okay? Says the Gemara. Um, again, this is follow. We're just giving a bunch of technical cases over here, right? We're creating cases to see various cases. Do they work with the rules of the Mishnah? But we know the main thing that we have to have in mind, keep an eye on the goal. There were four primary rules of our Mishnah. Right? When you have a totally kosher marriage, it follows the father. When there's a valid marriage, but there's a transgression, it's going to be a mamzer. When there's no valid marriage at all, you're going to follow, uh, you, you're going to follow the, uh, the mother, right? Because the, the mother's not Jewish. These are the, the general rules. And we're giving different cases and saying, does it work out with the rules of our mission? Okay, next case. Baharebat, Yisrael Shinasachalala. What happens if I have a regular Yid, regular Yisrael, who marries a chalala? Okay, so what's a chalala? Again, you have a Kohen that marries a divorcee. They have a daughter. That daughter is not called a Kohenas. That daughter is going to be called a chalala. Okay. Could a regular Yisrael marry her? Yeah, she's just a regular Yisrael. She's not a Kohenas. That's what a chalala is. So over here, the Yesh Kedushin Ve'in Avera. It's a valid marriage. There's no transgression. Here you have a case where the child should follow the Zohar. Whatever the father is, the child of that union should be that. Okay? So why did the Tana not mention this case? It says the Gemara, Tana of the Reisha Lassuyi. It's mentioned by the word Komakam. The Nisne Behedja, but why don't you say it specifically? Bishum Delay Masni La, because it didn't make sense. And I'll explain to you why we shouldn't list it specifically. Hechi Nisni, how are you going to give over this case? Kehenes Lavia Vesrelis Vachalala. Going to give a case where you have a kahanas a levi of Yisraelis and a chalala shenisis l'koyin levi of Yisrael v'chalala l'koyin michazi a chalala is not fit to koyin and therefore it wasn't worthwhile mentioning it. Rather, we prefer to mention it in the in the words of kol makom. Says kol makom or or in any other place. In other words, like this, we said, give a case of chalala that marries Yisrael that you follow the you you follow the father. Why don't you mention that? Says because. If you just look at how the Mishnah is composed, it says, what's a case of kosher marriage? Kayhanas Levi of Yisraelis marries Kayan Levi Yisrael. That's a consistent approach. You want to start writing Kayhanas Levi of Yisraelis v'chalala that marries a Kayan Levi in Yisrael. What's chalala doing there? And it's not true because a chalala cannot marry a Kayan. So we're just going to confuse everything. Therefore, says the we just leave it out from explicitly mentioning it. And were we going to include the halacha in the words kol makam? And I'll know to figure it out from there, but we're not mentioning it specifically. Okay. We're done with that case. And, and the mission is still uh, consistent. Okay. Says the Gemara, another case. 
Another case. Va'ika the Rabba Babrachan. You have another case of Rabba Babrachan. Now, what's the case of Rabba Barbarachan? The Yomar Rabba Barbarachan Marviechin. Mitzri Sheni Shanasa Mitzris Rishayna. Here's a fascinating case. Benosh Lishi Havoi. So let's pause for a minute and learn a halacha in the Torah. Nowadays, this doesn't apply. The halacha we're about to say doesn't apply. And I'll, I'll tell you why. But there's a halacha in the Torah that certain converts from certain nations cannot marry into Klal Yisrael. Okay? For example, it says that if an Egyptian... A Mitzri converts to Judaism. He is a complete Jew. He's totally Jewish. Convert Jew, complete Jew. How, however, however, until the third generation of Mitzri converts, they can't enter the regular Shidduch pool. Other nations like Mayav. Ador HaAsiri, until the Chen generation. There's other nations that can never enter the Shidduch pool. Okay? Fine. Now by Mayav, it's only the men. That's how Rus ended up, uh, ended up marrying in, even though she was, uh, she was a convert. Because the Drasha, Mayav, be it as it may. Again, keep in mind, when these people convert to Judaism, it comes, they know the Halacha. If you have an Egyptian that converts... He knows when he converts you, we tell him, you want to convert? You could convert. We're just letting you know. You're going to have to marry other converts. You can't enter the regular shidduch pool. Your children can't either. The third generation could. They're aware of that. Okay. Now, the reason why this doesn't apply nowadays is because Sancheirev, when he was king over a majority of the world, moved everybody around so that they wouldn't rebel against them. He, was, he felt his, his uh, Pentagon taught him, told him that people don't revolt when they're in Gullus. He learned from Yosef. Yeah, okay. Yosef did the same thing. Yeah. People, people don't revolt when they're in Gullus. He took people from Mitzrayim and moved them to Africa. Took people from Africa, moved them to Argentina. People from Argentina, moved them to Europe. And he's moving people around, Australia, North America. And nowadays, there's no concern about any of this because nobody, even if you're from Egypt, you're not a Mitzri. Okay. Now, be it as it may, let's get to our mission now. Let's get to our case. Ready? What happens if a second generation Mitzri man... <clears throat> His children should be allowed to enter the regular shidduch pool. But he decides to marry a first generation Mitzri convert. So they're both having a kosher marriage because they could marry each other. Except the question is going to be, what status do I give the child? Is the child now called third generation and can enter the shidduch pool? Or is the child called second generation and they cannot enter the shidduch pool? You have a case where it's a kosher marriage, yeah, but it could lead to a default. It could lead to a, a fault, so to speak, in one of the in in uh, in, 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 in the children. Interesting case. So here we go. That's the introduction. Mitzri sheni shenatza mitzris rishaynus. 
The child is considered a third generation Mitzri convert and they can enter the regular uh, uh, Shidduch pool. Okay. Now, here's another case, asked the Gemara, where it works with the, with the Mishnah saying that when you have a kosher marriage, you're going to take the status of the father, right? It's a kosher marriage. The father's a sheni. Therefore, the kids are shlishi and totally fine. Here's another case where it works well with the rule of a Mishnah. So the Gemara here is asking a shayla, why isn't this mentioned? The Gemara says, Tana makam the Reisha Lashi. It is mentioned. When we say kol makam any time, you have a permitted marriage. It's teaching me this. And according to Dimi, who says that no, it actually would take on the status of the woman, and that you would only be a second generation of Mitzri, Tana Ezuzu Lamuti. It says Ezuzu to exclude this case, that even though it's a kosher marriage, it's not going to be, this child is not going to be kosher to marry Kalisho. Okay? So that's another case. Let's bring up an additional case. Let's go through the next one and see. Let's bring up another case and again see whether this case works with the rules of the Mishnah. So far, everything's been working. Let's bring another case. Va'ika, but what about the case of Dechiyasa Rav and Amrav Yechinan? Be'umais, when it comes to the other nations of the world, Halach Achar Azachar, you follow the father. Okay, you follow the father. Nizgairu, if they become Jewish, Holach Achara Pogum We're going to follow the Pogum of both of them, which we're going to get to on, on Amud Beis. Now, what does it mean the Pogum of both of them? Let me explain. Let me explain the case. I'll explain two cases. Here we go. Number one. Case number one. There are certain nations, as we said, for example, Amon cannot marry into Kal Yisro. This is the example Rashi gives. Let's say you have a convert from Amon that marries a mitzris, an Egyptian convert. They're both Jewish. So they have a marriage. They're allowed to marry each other. He's, he's from Amon and she's, a, uh, she's a, a, a convert from Egypt. Kosher marriage? Any reason why not? Good. Any transgression? No transgression. Okay? So what do we say? What's the status of the kid, though? The, the papa is from Amon. If we judge the kid to be from Amon, this kid can never enter the Shidduch pool. But if we judge the kid to be from Mitzrayim, so either this kid himself or his children can start entering the Shidduch pool. So, if, if they become Jewish, we follow the Pogum, the bigger issue amongst them, which means the kid is going to be from Amon and can never marry. Now here's a question. Because what was the first rule of our Mishnah? Whenever you have a kosher marriage without a transgression, you follow what? Mom or dad? What was the rule of the Mishnah? Dad. dad. Over here though, you can have a case where it's not necessarily so. You're just going to follow the one with the bigger problem. Even though you had a totally kosher marriage. We said totally kosher marriage. Whichever one is more blemished, whichever one is more pagam, that's the kid. I asked the Gemara, why is that so? It's a good question. Says the Gemara, you're right. Tana ezuzu lemute. That's why we gave a case of ezuzu to say that this is a general rule, but there's exceptions to the rules. And you know what one of the exceptions is? This case. This case. Two converts, two different nations. One's got a bigger problem than the other. Okay.
And therefore, again, this is now a case where every rule is meant to be broken, and here's one of the exceptions. Ask the Gemara, Haimai, what, what, what's going on here? Let's take a step back. After that, Haimai means, Haimai. Let, let's take a step back and get a broad view of understanding our Mishnah. It's understandable, if you want to interpret our Mishnah to be going in the opinion of, of uh, Rabbi Yehuda. Now let's remind ourselves, Rabbi Yehuda, earlier on today's daf, on the, all the way on top, had a dispute with Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yehuda says that if a, a uh, ger cannot marry a mamzeris. Okay, He says a ger, a convert, cannot marry a mamzeris. Rabbi Yaisi said you could. A ger could marry a mamzeris. So far, we've been going to the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi, assuming that a convert could marry. He says, but let, let's go to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that a convert cannot marry a mamzeris. Now, if a convert does marry a mamzeris, let's say he does, what's the reality of that situation? The reality is it's a transgression. If you hold a Rabbi Yehuda, it's a transgression. Is it valid? Yes. So we're now going to be given a case. Convert marries Mamzeris. Valid, but it's a transgression. So when we say in every case, that's going to include a regular Jew who marries uh, a regular Jew who marries a Chalala. Okay? So She's going to, or can a regular Jew marry a halala? Yeah. The child is going to be given the status of the father. Okay? Because again, there's no problem with the marriage. So, you have a regular Jewish man, marries a halala. This girl who comes from that union is going to be a regular Jewess. And she can marry back into kahuna. A halala cannot marry a kain. But a Chalala's daughter, if she marries Yisrael, should be allowed to marry the Kayin. Udu Rabbah Barachana. And according to Rabbah Barachana, Ezuzu lim ute. What does it mean, Ezuzu? What's that coming to exclude? It's coming to exclude the case. The Ravdimi Varavid coming to the case of Ravdimi and Ravin, which was when you had two people who convert from different nations, you take on the role of the more blemished parent. Okay? And that's going to be the uh, the exception to the statement of the Mishnah, top of Amud Beis, Kol Mokam Deseifa La Asuye Gershen Nosim Amzeres. And when we say Kol Mokam in any case, that's coming to include a convert that marries a Mamzeres. Again, Rabbi Yehuda holds that's a not okay. You're not allowed to do that. El Iamet Rabbi Yisihi. But if you're going to interpret our Mishnah like Rabbi Yisihi. So Rabbi Yehuda, we could figure out our Mishnah. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, we're going to have a problem with our Mishnah. We explained what the Komakam of Resha is, uh, means, right? That's coming to include a case of a regular Yid with a Halala or a case of a first generation Mitri, uh, a second generation Mitri marrying a first generation uh, Mitris, okay? Uh, when it says Komakam in the Seifa, there's going to be uh, a kosher marriage, even though it's an Avera, what case would that be coming to include? And, and the Gemara is asking a Shaila. How would Rabbi Yaisi interpret the Seifa of the Mishnah? To which the Gemara responds, 
Don't only ask me on Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yehuda also is going to have an issue understanding the Seif of the Mishnah. <clears throat> because there's nothing specifically that's being knocked off over here. No specific case that's being excluded. Ella rather. Which the Gemara says, to wrap it up. When you ha- whenever the Mishnah says Ezuzu, what's this case? The word this is an exclusive word. So it's generally coming to exclude another case. Be like, well, what case are you excluding? Rabbi Yaisi, what case are you excluding? Rabbi Yehud, what case are you excluding? He says, no, no, no. When does the word this need to be an exclusive word? That's when it's an unnecessary word. But if the word Ezuzu is there for symmetry in the Mishnah, I use the word Kalmakam in the Reisha. I use the word Ezuzu. I'm going to use it again. It's not necessarily coming to school. And they're never going to be like, well, according to you, there's no case that's excluded. You know, how are you going to understand the Mishnah? He says, then nothing needs to be excluded. So why does I say Ezuzu? Because I already used it in the Reisha. I'm saying for the symmetry uh, of the expressions, I'm going to write it in the Seifa as well. Okay. Period. End of that technical Gemara again, which was going through numerous cases and we were figuring out whether those cases fit with the expressions of the Mishnah. Now, within those cases that we gave, and, and we're walking away fine, everything's fine and dandy, Rabbi Yehuda has his way to understand the Mishnah, Rabbi Yaisi has his way, their cases, are, which cases are going to be excluded, which cases will be included, but we're fine. We now brought in a number of different cases, and while mentioning those cases, we mentioned a few halachas in passing. And now the Gemara is going to tackle those specific halachas. Gufa. A piece of a previously quoted Gemara. Kiyasa Ravan Amr Abiyachan. Ravan came, he's quoted Abiyachan to say, By the nations of the world, you follow the male. Now what does it mean by the nations? If you have somebody from one of the uh, nations in Africa who marries a woman from Canaan. Do you view the kid like a Canaani? It says, by the nations you follow, you follow the uh, male. Nizgairu, once they convert, you follow the bigger problem. So if you have somebody from Ammon who marries Mitzri, can never marry him. What is this expression of by the nations you follow the male. You have somebody from Africa who comes to the Kanani nations, has relations with a Kananis, and they have a son. He doesn't marry or he just has a relationship. Either way. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Is the kid going to be a Kanani where you, at, you could keep him as an Ever? Kanani, the luck is you treat them as a servant. Or is the kid uh, an out of towner? How do I know Sha'ata Rashay Lakaisa Ba'evid? That if she's a Kananis, you could acquire him as an Ever Kanani. The baby, the child, the son, could be, acquire, could be acquired as an Ever Kananis. Okay. Now, uh, in Eva Kanani, the rule of Eva Kanani doesn't need to be specifically from the Shiva Umais. There was the, the halacha is that 
the people of Canaan had to, um, they were either high of Misa, right? Or they had to leave. So really when we give an expression of an Ebbe Kanani, we're giving somebody from the land, they're not necessarily from the Kanani nations, it could be anybody. So how do I know that they're considered to follow the dead? And they're considered to follow the father. Amongst those that, uh, that dwell with you, you can have Avodim Yocholaf Ebed. I would say that the same thing is true if he is an, a Kanani and the mother's from a different uh, uh, nationality. Born in, in their land, which means. That you can have an Ebed from those who were born in your land. Not those who now live in your land, but were born somewhere else. So the Torah is letting me know. The children of, uh, if you have a child of a Kanani together with a, uh, a non-Kanani, is going to have the status of the father. So take on the status of the father. This Gairu, if let's say they convert, so you have somebody from Amon and somebody from Mitzrayim who convert. So how are you going to treat the child? As if the child's from Amon. Bimai. As far as which halacha? Either the case of, a, of a Egyptian that married an Amonus that we're going to give the bigger problem. Ma pogamika. What is the pagam at all with the mother? See, keep in mind, like we said by Rus, the same way the Torah only forbade the men of Maya from intermarrying, so too by Amon. By Amon, the men are not allowed to marry, and the women are. So if let's say you have a second generation Egyptian man, convert, who marries in, uh, a Amonis, a woman who converted from Amon. Is there any blemish in her yichas? No. Because the Torah doesn't put any onus on marrying uh, in Amonis. Okay? <clears throat> Ella, so rather, what, what's the case that we're referring to? But Amayni, a male convert from Amayn, Shenosa Mitzris, who marries an Egyptian convert. Vizachar Havehai, Shadia Abbasredi Day. If they have a child together that is a boy, so the boy is going to follow, follow the father because there's a bigger blemish in the father, being from Amon. Okay? The Imnekeba Havoy, if the child is a girl, Shadia Abasra Dida, then she's going to follow the mother, which is a very unique halacha. Here we're now finding, get ready for this, that it's going to depend on the gender of the child. If you have a father from Amon and a mother from Mitzrayim, the son will follow the father, the daughter will will uh, uh, the daughter will follow the mother. Now the question is why? Why is this true? See, here's the chap. Follow. This is very sensible. You chap why this is unique. Where do we find that depending on the gender, do you follow mother or father? Like by Jews, you follow the father, but non-Jews follow the mother. See, here's the chap. Here's the catch. Follow this. It's very sensible. We'll get this. The Mishnah had said, you follow the bigger blemish. A man from Ammon, can he ever marry a Jewish Woman, no. A woman yes. from Amon, yes. yes. So now, if we want to follow the biggest blemish, listen here. You have a man who converts from the nation of Amon, marries a woman who converts from the nation of Egypt. 
If they have a son, what is the bigger blemish for the boy? To be from Amo. The father. father. If they have a daughter, what's the bigger blemish for the daughter? If we consider her to be from Ammon, she can marry in right away because an Ammonist can marry a Jewish woman right away. So it's a bigger blemish for her to be the child of a Mitzvah woman. And therefore, here you have a unique case where a father's from Ammon, the woman, the mother's from Mitzrayim, depending on the gender of the child, will, de- will determine what nationality we give the baby. Always with the bigger blemish. For the girl... There's no blemish to be an Ammonis. So we'll say, you follow the mother. You're a mitzvah. You're a second generation mitzvah. That's the bigger problem for you. For the man, for if they have a boy, what's the bigger problem for him? To be from Ammon. So we're going to put him after the Ammon. That's what it means. That's what the mission means. Follow the bigger blemish. As opposed to telling me you follow the mother or the father. That's the change in expression. Shmak. Very gishmak. Yeah, you get it? Right? You hear, what, you hear what's happening? Yichat. Usually you're following one, over here you're not following one. Here you're following the blemish. And depending on your gender will determine what's a blemish for you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Here we go. Second wide line on Samach Zion, Amud Beis. We said in the Mishnah, Kol She'en La Alav Kedushin. Any case, we're like a brother and sister. She won't have a marriage to the father, but she can have a valid marriage to any other Jew. The kid will be a mamzer. Okay? Minani Mili. Where do we know this? Source it for me. Don't just tell me. Source this for me. Zakti Gemara. The Amar of Chiyabarab. Amar of Yechen. Amar of Chiyabarab says, And some say that it was given over in the name of Rab Yanai. Okay, so I guess who to source this verse from. But what's going to be the Pasuk? It says in the Pasuk, when a woman gets divorced, she leaves his house. And then after she leaves his house, she can go marry another man. Now, what's another man? It means she can marry a random man. But not relatives that she's been usher to, which means she, it's not going to have a, have a valid marriage of Kedushin. Maybe it just means somebody else, but not to, uh, not to her stepson. Yeah. But maybe somebody else she's mutter to. Says the I already know that it's an issue to marry a stepson. I already know that a man, let's say you have a stepson, that says in the Torah, uh, a man, a Jewish man, is not allowed to marry or have relations with any woman who his father married. His father. Who his father married. Married. Okay? If, if, let's say you have a stepmother, yeah. and you, now your father divorces your stepmother. It says, it's not allowed. It's not allowed. You're, not allowed to, you're, not allowed to, you're never allowed to marry. So I already know that's us, sir. Okay, maybe both were referring to the uh, ex-wife's uh, or ex-husband's son, and maybe it's talking about the and Okay, that maybe 
you know, B'diyeved, uh, Kedushim would be valid. Let's say she does marry them, maybe Kedushim would be effective. Says Gemara, no. I already know that you're not allowed to ever have relations or marry your stepmother. I already know that from Achais Isha Nafka. You can't marry the, um, your, uh, your wife's sister. Now, how do I know it from your wife's sister? How do I know anything about your stepmother? So Gemara says like this. I'll tell you the logic. Uma Achais Isha. Just like by your, by Achais Isha. Just like by your wife's sister. Your sister-in-law. Bikaris. There's a Kari's transgression. And Laiti Kadesh. If you do marry her, you're not married. You could try. It doesn't work. Chavi Mises Bezin like Koshkin. Whenever you have a Chi of Kari's, if marriage won't be effective, certainly when something is Chavi Mises Bezin, which is more extreme punishment, it's a worse transgression, we'll call it. If it's not effective by Kari's, you certainly can't have an effective marriage when it comes to Chavi Mises, uh, Chavi Mises Bezin. Okay, maybe both psukim are referring to your sister-in-law and halachatchila habediyev. The same question we had before. Okay, that uh, after the fact kedushin is, is not effective. First, it's telling me you're not allowed to do it, and then it's telling me if you do do it, it's not even it doesn't even work. So Gemara says Yeah, you you could say that, but Ashkechan achaisisha. Now to know the halacha about your sister-in-law. That that uh, it's not going to be a valid marriage if you go over your your wife's sister and you put a ring on her finger. There's a chiyuv kari. So it's not going to be a, a, that it's, it's not a kosher marriage. Shar rayas menolan. How do you know that this applies to other uh, for uh, other arayas, other forbidden relations? Someone says, I'll tell you. You just told me by your sister-in-law it's not going to be valid. So if it's not valid by your sister-in-law, I'll say why are other erbas any different? Achesisha shouldn't be any different. Ma, says Gemara, no, I can't use your sister-in-law as a source for all other arayas. When it comes to your sister-in-law, where you're obligated if you have relations with her on purpose, you're a chay of a of kares. But if unintentionally you have relations with her, you're only chay of a, a uh, karmachatas, like tafsila kedushin, kedushin is not going to be toifes, kedushin is not going to be valid. Okay, so what do you see from over here? That take the halacha of your sister-in-law, your wife's sister, that the same way there's a chi of kares, if done on purpose, and if you put a ring on her finger, it's not valid, so too any time you have a transgression with a kares penalty, you won't have a valid marriage. Okay? It's, it's, it's what we call here a binyan av. It's a binyan av. It's one of the ways you take one case... And I say, oh, that's the halacha there. Well, in any similar case, it should be the same halacha. Says the Gemara, okay. Bishlama, it's understandable. Kulhu, all other kares obligations, asyon, we can learn out from your sister-in-law. That, that again, if any time a man and woman, if they have relations, there's a chi of kares, it's not an effective marriage. Ela eishas ish ve'eishas ach. What about a married woman? Or... Your sister-in-law, not because she's your wife's sister, but she's your sister-in-law because she's your brother's wife. Right? There's two ways to have somebody be your sister-in-law. Either you're married to her sister, or she's married to your brother. Okay? I could say as follows. By your wife's sister, which is a chiv karis. She's never allowed to you. Can you ever marry... 
your wife's sister. Give me a case where you can marry your wife's sister. You can't. Can't marry her. Okay? But can you ever marry your brother's wife? Yes, if he dies childless. Right? So here you have two, they're both named sister-in-law, but, and they're both usher, but one is always usher, and one has a built-in, what, what would we call it? A built-in, like, exit, from the, uh, a, a built-in out from the transgression, which is, if your brother ever dies childless, you're going to be muttered to her. Shekede imla heter maka mitzvah, by your wife's sister, there's no permissiveness when it comes to a mitzvah. Can you say the same thing holds true by your brother's wife? She's permitted to you when there is a mitzvah. Maybe over there, ask the Gemara. If I were to taka, if I were to walk over to my brother's wife, listen closely. If I walk over to my brother's wife and put a ring on her finger, is it a transgression? Yeah. But maybe it's valid. Maybe. Okay. Says the Gemara, No. He says, no, I'll prove to you that there's no difference over there because this is true by any married woman. Yeah? If um, uh, any married woman cannot marry uh, anybody else, it's never going to be effective while, uh, while she's married. When it, um, but if she were ever to get divorced and marry somebody else, she could, uh, it's going to be valid. And therefore, you could knock off your whole, what we call a mamatzinu. You could knock off the whole mamatzinu and saying what you think is a difference is not necessarily a proof that it's, in a, it's, uh, it's an effective difference. Okay. Bottom line is, bottom line is, what are we walking away with? Let's, let's take an approach of the, of the big picture. Before we go, Vaita, we're going to do one more step for today. What, we're ta- what we need to walk away with in the big picture of this Gemara is, okay, we have now a source that marriage does not work any time it's a curry's transgression. If it's a curry's transgression for this man and woman to be together, doesn't matter if he puts a ring on her finger. It doesn't matter if somebody who calls themselves rabbi stands under the chuppah and says, behold, I now consider you to be husband and wife. You could do what you want from today till tomorrow. You ain't married. It's like marrying your cat it doesn't work. It's not called a marriage. If there's a Kari's transgression. Okay. Ella. Omar Rabbiyayna. Rabbiyayna says. Omar Krat says in the puzzle. Anybody who does any one of these ervas. Any of these uh, abominations. These forbidden relations. Is going to have. Be cut off. Their neshama is going to be cut off. All the forbidden uh, arayas. Are, are like a case of your wife's sister. Ma'achi, see, just by my wife's sister, like Tafsi Bakadushin, Kadushin is not valid. Avkalarayas Kulam, so too any forbidden relationship, like Tafsi Bakadushin, Kadushin is not going to be valid. And that's a source, another source, that if there's ever a chi of Kares, it's not valid. Says Gemari Hachi, but if that's true, Tapa tomorrow's daf, Afilo Nida Nami. Ooh, great question. Listen to this. You're not. Allowed to have relations with a woman who's Anida. If you do, there's a Kares transgression. 
Ask the Gemara, if you're going to tell me if I'm Zechiyam Karis, you can never marry Anida. If a woman's in the state of Anida, it shouldn't work. Allah Rabbi, what does the Bible say? I call Maidim, everybody will agree. Bival Anida, Balasaita, somebody has a relationship with Anida, Rasaita, Shaina, Vlad, Mamzer, the kid's not a Mamzer. Why not? According to our rule. Yeah? It's a good question. It's practical, very practical. Yeah? Can you stand under a chuppah with a woman who's an either? This happens every day. Right? A woman could be an either at the chuppah. It's a problem. If a man has relations with somebody's woman, which means, I feel time of utehi. The word utehi means, and it is. What does it mean that it is? It is a valid marriage. So in other words like this. You're right. Anida should really be a problem too. But there's a verse excluding Anida from all other cases of kares. And telling me, Tehei ba havaya. With Anida specifically, it's different. And over there, it's going to be a valid marriage. So in all other cases where there's a he of kares, it's the kid will be a mamzer, and Kedushim will not take hold, but Anida is different. By Anida, Kedushim would take hold. If a person has relations with Anida, the kid is not going to be a Mamzer. We'll hold it here for today. I've gotten there of Shabbos. Have a wonderful evening. Blessed tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Daf Yaimi, hopefully from Jerusalem. Zagibanched. Yeah, go ahead. We're saying we have-